Hi, church. Hello. <laughs> um, what an honor and pleasure to be here. I am Gabby, and I get the amazing opportunity and chance to be a part of this church. I love People Church. I feel very called to this place, and I know God has amazing things for each one of you. And I'm excited to be bringing you this word the whole time during worship and during, you know, even Pastor Kylie speaking, like it, my heart was just so filled even to be able to be a church that it's able to pray for the moms. It's able to pray for the women around us. It's so powerful and it's incredible what we're doing in this place. And I was very emotional through the time as well because this is a word that really speaks to my heart. Um, this is a word that it was not, I don't believe he came from me. I believe he came from God. And sometimes he does those things. Sometimes he has specific things he wants to speak to his church for the equipping of the church. And this is what this word is all about. And I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to pray for this moment. And what I kept feeling in my heart was that this almost like me stepping back and the Holy Spirit being able to step in. And I kept feeling in my heart that the Holy Spirit has room in this place. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, He has room in this place. It's not about me. It's not about what I can ever speak to you. It's not about the amount of verses I can give it to you. It's about the living, breathing power of the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that can change, convict, and, and empower you for the greater good of the plans of God. Okay? So close your eyes, bow your heads. I just want to pray for this moment. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. I'm honored to do this. Lord, we have known my walk. You know my walk. And you know, and I know all the things you have taught me. So what an, what a pleasure and what an incredible moment to be able to speak this to your church. I pray that you have room in this place. Holy Spirit, you can move. You can be manifested in this place. I pray that you speak to your children in this place. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you make it personal. That wouldn't be my words that can cause any sort of effect in their hearts but that will be the fruit of the Holy Spirit that will be your words that will convict your words that will speak so I thank you for this day I thank you for all you have done and I thank you for all the things you're still gonna do in this place I pray that we have open hearts open ears and open eyes to hear your voice and discern your voice in the name of Jesus amen amen church so we're under the series Brand Me, which has been incredible. Um, can you make some noise if you have been here since the first day that we started the, the, the series? Okay. 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 Awesome. So you have heard Pastor Stefan, Pastor Kylie, my amazing husband, Nikolai. And uh, my part on this series is to speak to you about the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I am so excited about this. I remember myself when I got saved. And um, I think I have spoken this a couple of times. But no one spoke to me the day that I was led to a prayer of salvation. No one was around me to do that. I was in my room. And I remember I was going through a tough time. And I have been asking for this God Almighty that when I was nine years old, someone spoke to me about. Fast forward years later. 
I was there in my room and I felt a pull in my heart and I, words started to come out out of my mouth. And I was, I kept saying, you know, I repent. I repent from my sins. I didn't even know what sins were. But I started with something bigger than what I can explain. I started to say, I repent from my sins. I pray that Jesus, you come and you sit at the throne of my heart. And at that day, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And it could only be the Holy Spirit wanting to do something in my life. So in the beginning of my journey, what happened was that I was by myself. I bought a Bible and I didn't even know which church to go to. So the first six months to a year of me in my faith was me reading the Bible by myself. But I felt so drawn towards it. And I remember I used to do prayers such um, God, help me understand your word. God, read to me your word. And he surely did. And I remember after I joined a church, in the church I was a part, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they weren't really spoken about. So I didn't even know it was a thing. I wasn't there in the Bible yet at that part. So for me, that didn't even exist. And then I remember the one day I was in my room, kept going, reading my Bible by myself, and then I stopped by 1 Corinthians when Paul, Apostle Paul, he speaks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He speaks about this Holy Spirit that in you, he can, you know, you can work through words of wisdom and words of knowledge and prophecy and healing and miracles. And we're going to get to that in a second. But that spoke to me. I'm like, what? This Holy Spirit that resides in me, he can do those things? And then I understood that, you know, it was for the greater good of his church. It had nothing to do with me. It was for the equipping and the building of the church. But that in me, the same way that I had the fruit of the Spirit, I also had the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is powerful because church, on and off again, we choose one part of the Bible. We emphasize the part of the Bible. And we forget about the other ones. But Jesus speaks about a Bible that is the total completion of it. You don't pick and choose. What's very black and white in the Bible, it's black and white in the Bible. If Paul is instructing this church in Corinth and saying that they have gifts to build the church, then they should use those gifts. You have those gifts. All of you that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit in you. And if you don't use them, it's because you, you yet don't know what they are, or they are dormant in you, or something might have happened on the way that has probably made you be scared of those gifts. We hear it all the time. People that have been mightily hurt in the church because the gifts, if for their own gains, can be used to manipulate people, can be used to destroy people, can be used to try to make you do things you don't want to do. And there is the spirit in you that tells you not, but there was a word given to me, so I need to do control. But what we're going to do today, we're going to resignify what those gifts are. And if you were at some point hurt in a church that emphasized too much of the Holy Spirit and didn't emphasize the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and didn't emphasize enough the Word of God, the Bible, the going and making disciples, um, then I pray and hope today that this is healing for you in the name of Jesus. 
And I pray that the Lord will resignify in you what that means. And with that and with this journey we're going to take, actually the title of my message is, actually, is also my last point, which is called the equipping of the Holy Spirit. And my first point is the discipline of eternal alignment with God. Okay, this is the base. This is very, very, very important. Because there's no point of moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit if you don't have communion with Jesus Christ. Because he's the one through the Holy Spirit that will correct you, that will lead you, that will expose things in you. And that will be able to constantly show you the things that you're doing that is righteous things. And then things that you're doing there for your own gains or sinful things. So this is very important, okay? We have been created with certain gifts accordingly to God's purpose. And everything we do for God needs to be in check, okay? And on that note, when we see the story, even when Jesus comes on earth and we see him walking on this earth, he performed, um, he used the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He will reveal things which will be words of knowledge. He will heal people, which will be the work of miracles, the gift of miracles. Um, he will um, deliver people, which will be the sermon of spirits. You know, he used all those gifts and, but one thing that Jesus did over and over again, he withdrew from the crowd to, to spend time with the Father. You know, and this is, this is important, okay? This is very important, actually. And he says in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Sorry, Bianca, did not send you that one. Um, he says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, Okay? Not even to speak about the 40 days in the desert. We don't even need to get there. But he often went through what he was doing, aligning his heart with the heart of the Father. Either so he could receive to overflow, or he had given so he needed to get it back. And any corrections. And Jesus was open to those things. And we can see that very clear at the cross. When he's at the cross, what does he do? He closes his eyes and he feels the weight of the sin upon him. And then when he's feeling the weight of the sin upon him, he asks the Father, Lord, but if you can, take this cup away from me. That was Jesus' desire. Take this cup. I don't want it. But there was an alignment because the next sentence was, but not my will, but your will will be done. And guess what? He died on the cross. And this is why we're here and we have this ability, you know, to enter bold into the kingdom of God. It's because of the access through Jesus. And then the poured out of the Holy Spirit coming upon his people. So God seeing it all knew that Jesus had to die. But there was an alignment of a relationship with the Father that would allow him to do those things. We need that. That's the base. We're always going to go back to God. It's never enough of God. It's never enough of communion with Jesus Christ. It's never going to be enough the amount you read. It's never going to be enough the amount you pray. It's never going to be enough the amount you worship. Never going to be enough eternal. Until Jesus is back, we go back. This is our lifestyle. And I don't say that to put pressure on you. I, because there is grace, abundant grace for all of us. I say, I say that to you so you will know that in this place of communion, of your secret place, um, this moment where you have you and Jesus, then he does some things in your heart. And I have a couple passages to speak on that. 
The first one is in Galatians 5, verse 25. And he says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. You only, by you leaving the Spirit, you need to exercise what that looks like, okay? You need, to, you need to be able to start discerning the voice of God. Okay, Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? Where am I going? What are you doing? Those who live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. The signs and wonders, they will follow you from that overflow. You don't need to work. He's given to you. It's just an amount of recognizing and using it. And then in Colossians chapter 2, verses 3, it says that in him, in Jesus Christ, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're hidden, not easily found. You need to search. When you're with him, you search for those things. He so desperately wants to reveal them to you, but you need to go and seek. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, it says, For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. That's important because if God is correcting you on something, it means he has called you sons and daughters. We often see punishment from God of something wrong. But if you're a mom, if you're a dad, you know that often when you punish or you correct your son, it's for the greater good of your son. Even though they might not understand it today, they will come to understand. But the father, he sees it ahead and he corrects and he corrects his child. So be excited when the Holy Spirit tells you, stop this, let go of that. Move on this. This wasn't okay. Be excited. You're a son and a daughter of the living God. And what's so, I, as I was reading this message, I felt this in my heart and, and I, I even wrote it down. Because I feel like the time with God, it means that there is the ability to spend time with God. will reveal who we are and will teach us who we are not. And this is important, Okay. It will reveal who we are, but would also teach us who we are not. How many times we see someone else around her doing something we want to be doing. And then we keep thinking, if only I had the chance to be that person. If only I had the position that they had. If only I had the um, influence that they had. If only I had the, um, the gifts that they have. If only I had the calling that they had. If you were to have that, you would already be giving it. There is something specific that is just for each one of you. And if God wanted you to be in the position you so want to be in, you would be in it. If you were not, it's either because not the time yet or because it's not for you to be in it. <laughs> thank you, Nico. Thank you. <laughs> So there is an alignment and realignment, alignment and realignment that we need to do with the time that we spend with God. And I want to I give you an example. Um, I'm going to use David as an example. Um, when they're looking for, you know, um, another king. And then um, in 1 Samuel, when the prophet Samuel came to the house of David, he asked his father, Jesse, to bring his, um, his sons because he wanted to be able to um, find if one of them could be the next king and anoint. 
And basically what happened is that the father brought every single son except David. And David was there, you know, shepherding um, the sheep and taking care of the things of his father. But not even for a second he was thought to be someone um, worthy of what, of that anointing that Samuel was about to put on him, Prophet, Prophet Samuel. So then what happened was that he called, bring your last son, bring him. I want to see him. And right away, he felt it is David and he wanted to anoint David. So he did. Fast forward, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 39 to 40. This is what happens. Now, David is in this position and he's about to fight. And he's going to fight Goliath, okay? He was a big giant. And technically, if you look in the natural side of things, he would need a lot of weapons and tools to be able to do that. Um, but here's what happens. The king of that time, um, King Saul, he, he told Samuel when he was about to fight, he told him, you can take David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around. So what King Saul did, he's like, you can use my clothes, you can lose my armor, and you can fight with this. But then when David put that on upon him, this is what he said, because he was not used to them, I cannot go in this. He said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took off his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistines. And listen to this. He's like, whatever fits in you, whatever works for you, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. There's other things that my God has been training me. That's how I have put down a lion. That's how I have put down a bear. That's how I have fought my battles, you know? And it's not, and it might seem what you have might seem good around you, but it doesn't fit on me. And you know what's so powerful about this is because what David brought to fight Goliath, it couldn't be possible for him to win. Only an almighty God behind him could have done it. And when the gifts of the Spirit, they're used, God needs to be seen through it. He needs to be seen through it. And why even we're speaking about, you know, the weapons and what we can use is because you were called for a battle. I don't think we, we pay attention on that enough, but we, you were called for a battle. That's my second point. This is a fight. Church, this is a fight. Your fight is not against blood and flesh, but principalities and the spiritual realms. There is a good side, which is our gods, and there is a bad side. You know, and this is hell, and this is darkness. So we are here for a fight. And when, and I, I'm going to dive in now into the armor of God when Paul speaks about the armor of God, because that's so important. So you equipped and ready for this fight. And I'll tell you why this is a fight at the end. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 17. This is a letter Paul wrote to the people in Corinth to instruct what they needed regarding the armor. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For a struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. You're not sitting your ground. You're standing your ground. There is a position, okay? So then the day may be standing on your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then. You know, it might come some waves. You know, it might come some storms. Stand firm. Stand firm. You have the armor on you. Stand firm. With the belt of truth. So now he explains what the armor is. Stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist. It keeps it all together. The belt of truth. It will keep it all together. That's your funnel. The truth. The word of God. Keeping together. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. You protect the heart. You know, because the heart, it flows rivers of life. Where the mouth speaks, the heart is full. We need to guard and protect the heart. And with your feet fitted with the redness that comes from the gospel of peace. And my husband preached last week and he spoke about the urgency of the gospel. That we need to go and we need to speak and we need to be equipped. Come on, we're in a fight. Okay, and we're losing some people along the way. Okay, and you are the one called to come and bring the kingdom of God forth on earth. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. This will protect you. When people look around, this can happen. You're thinking, you know, that this is impossible for you. You know, get your shield of faith. No, it's not. It's not going to get to me. It's not going to get to me. Protect yourself. Protect yourself. Keep, you know, if God has spoken some to you, something to you, keep a hold on that. You know, recognize the voice of the Father. You know, the sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. Recognize his voice. If you don't, then ask him, God, I want to be able to recognize your voice. Speak to me. Protect yourself. In addition to this, take the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. But then on verse 17, and this is what I want you to pay attention. It says, take the helmet of salvation. You know, Jesus is the head. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Guys, the sword. If you were meant to be a defensive church, God wouldn't have given you a sword. And this is so important. This is why this title is called, this is, you have been called for a battle. It's because he gave you a sword. It means you need to fight. You need to go and fight. You don't wait for them to come. You go and you fight. And here's the reason why. It's because a lot of times what we see, it's you're doing your life, you know, you're just there leaving what you want to leave on. And then when something comes at you, when an attack comes to your marriage, then you stand up. Then you're like, okay, Lord, you start praying and you start working on your marriage, you know. And then um, when something has happened in your work, you're just there doing your own thing. And then your boss are um, really getting on your case. And then you really need to start, you know, stand firm. Start praying. Start protecting yourself. Church, we're not meant to do that. We're meant to come before. You're praying for your marriage before. You're working on your marriage before. You're praying for your work before. 
You know, you do it before. You don't wait until it comes to you because often in the waiting time you get tired and the shelf of fate, it starts to dribble down. And then maybe, you know, the helmet starts, you know, become a little, a little too heavy. Then maybe sometimes you want to try something new, something new against what the Word of God says. And then you start removing it a little bit. The belt is too tight. Let me open it a little bit. You don't, you're not in the fence. You're, you're actually in attacking. You attack. Okay, and now what I want to tell you is I want to speak about the equipping of the Holy Spirit because you are in a fight. Being communion with Jesus Christ over and over again, over and over again. Don't get tired of it. Understand that you want to fight. You're going. You're not waiting for it to come at you. And here is what God has given to you. The Word of God prayer, worship, okay? This is not by any means diminished by what I'm about to say, but he has given to you the gifts of the Holy Spirit because he said, if I'm calling on this earth for a fight, then I'm equipping my church. And this is how I'm going to equip my church. And then here is Paul instructing the church in Corinthian what the gifts were. And I want to pray for you. And I want to read this. And it's almost like I'm reading this, but I'm also praying for it because I believe some of you have those, and this is the main thing that I feel in my heart. Some of you have put this gifts dormant. You're not using it. You're not using it. You know you have used them in the past, and now they're quiet down inside of you. Some of you don't know what that is. You have been walking with Jesus for a while, but you have maybe thought in your mind, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I don't have it. It doesn't look like that person. So maybe I don't. Or maybe what I have doesn't seem good enough for me. Hmm. That's a real one. But this is for the kingdom of God. This is for God to be glorified through you. And I want to read this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 to 31. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some translation says ignorance to the gifts. You're avoiding it. You know that when you're pagan, somehow or other, you're influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying you need the Holy Spirit. For you to move on this, you need the Holy Spirit. You need your salvation. You need the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. When, when you start hearing some uh, conversations, um, oh, am I feeling my spirit? My spirit is just um, feeling something different than your spirit. Well, then maybe that's not the Holy Spirit then. So this is something to keep on your pocket all the time. Discern. Because even before you have the gifts, you have given discernment and wisdom. Ask and I'll give it to you. Ask and I'll give it to you. All of you have wisdom. Use it. It's your weapon. Use it in the name of Jesus. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is giving the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is giving through the Spirit. And I want you to pay attention, okay? Some of you have the gift of wisdom. 
Some of you have the gift of knowledge. Some of you have the gift of faith, all by the same Spirit. To another of you, there is the gift of healing. Another is the working of miracles. To others, the gift of prophecy. To others, the ability to distinguish against spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And these are all empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. I want you to take this in. There is more. There is pastoring. There is apostle. There is evangelist. There is administration. But I want to focus on this for now. You might have one, two. You might have a couple. You don't have it all. That's why you need the body. That's, we, that's why you need the body. Okay, you don't have it all. There is moments that you're going to experience some gifts that you might not know about. It's called a dispensation from heaven. Sometimes you're in the midst, you're in the room, and there is a powerful worship happening, and someone starts um, to move, and the gifts are miracles. So miracles start to happen. If you have never had that, but then you start to feel something, and you feel like there is something pulling you for you to exercise a miracle, doesn't mean that you have received it. You might have it, but it means that around you, it's getting on you. You're moving on it now. But there is a specific gift that you can use over and over again. That's the ones you have. God has given to you through the Holy Spirit. Use it. I want to separate them in three parts because some of them know, might know or not know. Okay? I want to speak first about the gifts of revelation. This is a category, okay? We're going to speak about the gifts of revelation. What are they? There are words of discernment, wisdom, and discerning of spirits, okay? What is a word, um, a word of knowledge, sorry? The word of knowledge means, the word of knowledge is sometimes you're in the room, you're here, then you look at someone and it feels a pool. And then this, it's usually an internal an internal voice in you. It sounds like your voice, but it came from nowhere. You don't know what that's coming from. And then he basically says, that person is struggling with their child. You don't know where they're coming from. And then you try to look away. No, 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 I'm not going to do it. And then there is a pull again. They're struggling. <laughs> they're struggling. So then you need to have faith in this moment. You don't need to sound all eloquent. Jesus, he's a simple man. When he was healing and moving in the Spirit, he used to tell people, get up and they'll be healed. They used to say, you're healed and they'll be healed. You don't need to say, come to someone and say, the Almighty God has told me that. You don't need that. And that will scare people off. <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> and what you need to do, come, it's simple. Simple, like Jesus, it's simple. Come to that person and say, when you walked and I just felt in my heart, almost like you might, you're struggling. By any chance, are you struggling? If they say no, you'll be like, okay, that's awesome. Walk away. Or like, I got it wrong. But if they say, yeah, and then you can do the next ladder. I feel like, you know, I feel like, does it has anything to do with your child? 
and then keep stepping into the ladder. The Holy Spirit, He'll reveal more. He'll reveal more and He'll reveal more. Why is that for? What's the point of you, you know, this discerning in your heart, this word of knowledge, is that they know that their God is seeing them. Is that they're looking and saying, hey, when you struggle with your child and you cry at night, I see it. I'm working on your behalf. I interested for you day and night, day and night. That's why the gifts equip the church. Words of wisdom, they sound a lot like words of knowledge, okay? And they're usually words that are either from the past or the present. Some of them can be a closed future, but it's usually past and present. So words of wisdom is this similar thing as words of knowledge. But what do you do after? God gives you a strategy. That's words of wisdom. After you say, you know, like you're struggling with your child and the person saying yes and they're receiving that, then something just comes to you. Oh, I feel like what you need to do is that when you get home, um, you often go straight into um, your work stuff and I, in your phone. So I feel like what you can do is that take two days out of your week and take them out. I think they're feeling lonely and left out. I think you should try to spend more time with them. Speak to them about how you're feeling. Words of wisdom, they help you. It's a strategy. You don't know where it's coming from. You just know. All of you have wisdom, okay? But words of wisdom, specifically this one, it's a gift. You can give good advices to people. You have the Holy Spirit. But this is a gift. It comes naturally. You know why you know. You just know that you know. Hmm. Now I want to speak about discernment of spirits. You discern things. Sometimes you looked at someone and you're like, mm, something feels off. You know, there's only one spirit, the Holy Spirit, but there is other spirits out there. There are spirits that come from hell and this is a real thing. Hope I'm not scaring you, but that's the truth. Person, You discern who is from God and who is not from God. And what you can do, you can deliver that person. Deliverance, not whoa, this crazy thing is just another part of the gospel, guys. You deliver them. So they can be set up for a win in their walk with God. But a beautiful thing that is not speaking as much is that the, the specific um, discernment of spirits is that often the people that will see things, angels, or there is still the spiritual realms, and it's almost like an open vision. I see in front of me. This is also discernment of spirits. See, often when you speak to someone that sees things, they most likely have this gift. It's powerful. It's for the kingdom of God. Imagine looking at someone and someone comes to you running and you're on your knees praying and they look at you and they say, hey, I saw an angel and he was praying with you. This is so God can be seen that there is a kingdom that it's alive and breathing. Now the second category, we're going to divide into faith, miracles, and healing. Healing, we know someone is sick, you lay hands on them and you heal. It's, you, you don't need to have this gift to pray over healing for people. But often people that have this gift, they move in this. And you see that a lot of people that they pray for are healed. Not everyone. There is a passage that says that Jesus went into the city and many were healed. Not all. You know, the full healing, everyone's healing is only we're in heaven. We're still living in this realm too. Healing. 
Another one is miracles. Well, but what is miracle if that's healing? Well, miracles is Jesus turning water into wine. Is Jesus turning stone into bread? Is Jesus multiplying the fish? That's miracles, you know? It's you coming, you don't have enough food, invite a bunch of people home and you're cooking for them and you didn't have enough. And then you start praying, Lord, that this will be enough, that this will be enough in the name of Jesus. And, you know, you saw everyone ate a lot and still have some leftovers. Come on, that's simple, ordinary, but real life miracles. The last one, we call them vocal gifts. Prophecy, speaking in tongues, discernment of tongues interpretation of tongues you know prophecy is something that God will speak to you and all of you probably speak you should prophesy it's for the things you don't see it yet but you believe will come to fruition I prophesy that this one day this church will be filled all those seats I pray that in the name of Jesus we wouldn't have enough people um, we have way enough people that they will have to sit on the stairs prophecy you prophesize over people's situations that they would change. You prophesize over people's um, families. Prophecy, prophecy, prophesize, prophesy, prophesy. You would equip the church. The church needs it. Some people, um, God will speak to them about something that is to come. Gift of prophecy. It hasn't come yet, but they basically they will come and they will say, Hey, I saw it that, you know, I don't know how, but I just keep seeing that in a couple of years. I, I almost see like there is a door opening for your job. I don't know what you're going through, but ask the Lord for confirmation. But if He confirms to you, hold on tight because He wants you to know that. Prophecy. Speaking in tongues would be speaking in different languages. That it's your, the Spirit, you know, interceding for you. You don't know what to say majority of the time, but it's interceding for you. Speaking things in your heart. Uprooting things. It's moving things. And then the understanding of those tongues. Some people have this gift that would understand what others are praying for. So sometimes if I can be praying in tongues and then someone that has this gift is around me, they can tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, I just feel like you keep praying for this hurt in your heart. They can help. Do you want to open up? Do you need some help? Sometimes God would allow you to understand where you're praying. It can happen. Those are the gifts. You have those gifts. Some of you are also called to be pastors, other teachers, other apostles. You plant church, you shepherd people, you teach the word of God. Some of you are amazing at administration. You don't know, you get all this confusion and you put them in places. You have strategies, you have a goal. All of you have those gifts. Church, this moves my heart. Because the gifts will build the church. I have testimonies on testimonies of this. Of being used. I, I didn't know how to use them. One thing that I knew is that I felt a pulling on my heart. And I knew it was a, from the Holy Spirit. So I did it. And I stepped in it. And I stepped in it. And I saw people around me being set free. I saw people around me seeing that the Lord has seen them. I have seen people around me saying, oh my goodness, I have been praying for this. I didn't know the Lord was seeing it. It builds the church. You walk with them in wisdom and discernment. Ask the Holy Spirit. If you're someone with words of knowledge, is it the time now for me to speak? 
Is it for me to pray for them only? Use your wisdom. You have it. Ask and you, it will be given to you. You have people around you to help you walk out those gifts. Come to your girl group leaders. Hey, maybe you don't know your gifts or maybe you know and you don't know what to do with them. Ask them. This is what I think I have. Can you be praying for me? Can you be praying for me? This is the reality of what God can do. You have a church and a church family that wants to help you for the equipping, for the fights. So you're ready. So you're moving. This is all for God to be glorified. None of you will be glorified through this. And I, I come against that in the name of Jesus. It's for God to be glorified, for His church to be built. For people to know Jesus and be known by Him. I just want you to close your eyes just for a second. Because I just want to speak this, just read this quickly again. And I want, I, and I'm going to pray. You can close your eyes. Holy Spirit. You're in this room and you move and it's who you are. And I thank you that through you we have the gifts that can be used for the equipping of your church for the fourth of Jesus' kingdom on earth. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that when I speak on those gifts, if they're dormant, they will come alive. Declare dry bones come alive in the name of Jesus. Pain and hurt that has silence those gifts I come against you in the name of Jesus and I pray they're exposed in the name of Jesus healing in the name of Jesus if you don't know your gift I pray I pray Holy Spirit reveal the gift that when I'm speaking through them one of them is going to become alert it's going to become alert in the name of Jesus for you that are ready use your gift keep using them keep using them you being faithful and little, much I'll give to you. I pray right now, gift of wisdom, come alive in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, gift of knowledge, come alive in the name of Jesus. Gift of faith, come alive in the name of Jesus. Gift of healing, come alive in the name of Jesus. Gift of working miracles, come alive in the name of Jesus. Gift of prophecy, come alive in the name of Jesus. Gift of tongues, come alive. Baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Distinguish between spirits, come alive in the name of Jesus. Interpretation of tongues, come alive in the name of Jesus. Pastors, apostles, teachers, evangelists, in the name of Jesus, rise up. Rise up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Lord, I thank you for your church. I thank you for what you're doing. We need these gifts. It's a fight. Make us ready. Make us ready. Standing and standing firm. Give us more hunger to your word. More thirst to your presence. More songs of worship into our hearts. That our life will be a lifestyle of worship to you, Jesus Christ. 
seat of the throne. We worship, we bound out to you. You are the King and God Almighty. Use your people in the name of Jesus. Use your people in the name of Jesus. Use your people. In the name of Jesus. If this is the first time you're hearing about any of that, just Jesus, the gospel, who he is, then I pray because, and if you have been feeling something in your heart, a pull, it might be, might be it is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I want to give you this chance. This is the first time you're hearing about this gospel. There is much more for you. So if this is you, with all eyes closed, I want to pray for you. If you say, I want to start following this Jesus, I, I want to start, you know, letting go of my old life. I want to start stepping into new things. Then I, I pray that you raise your hand so I can pray for you and know who am I praying for. This is the first time. Thank you, Jesus Christ and the gospel. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to speak of your word. The gifts are for your glory. Move them, mold them, sharpen them, teach us on how to use them. It's for your glory, Lord. I pray and thank you for every person in this room. I believe this was a divine encounter. This was a word from you to them. That they will go to you and speak to you about this. And that the gifts are dormant and awakened and moving. I pray that you keep increasing them. I pray right now for opportunities throughout this week to use the gifts to the church with the people around them. The world needs this. The world needs God to be glorified through him. I pray that we become a little bit more alive today in you, Jesus. A little bit more hungry for you, Lord. A little bit more, you know, leaning towards you, Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, for all you have done.